Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Marvelous Falls Podcast. Holy cow, Corey, we're back. I know. We like really, we're really back. We are. We have air conditioning in the, in the studio. Yep. We're back. The podcast is back and uh, we were kind of we were kind of talking about who we wanted to bring on as our first guest back, and uh, it was Bigfoot no, was busy. Bigfoot and blurry. He's somewhere in the woods. <laughs> yeah. and nobody can capture a, pic, yep. a picture that's not blurry. Um, that's an old Mitch Hedberg thing. He's like, "What if Bigfoot is just blurry?" <laughs> <laughs> yep, and that's why you can't get a picture because he's just R.I.P. Mitch. <laughs> and that is our guest right there that you hold, ladies. Or heard, ladies and gentlemen. We have gone with Clay Cobble. Oh, yeah. The broski. Yes, thank you for having me, boys. How's it going? This? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Oh, my you goodness. You know, the uh, the last time you were on our podcast, mm-hmm. yeah. we got a sweet picture on the top of that building. <laughs> yeah. Remember? Yeah, we got on the yeah. roof of the Rock Pile offices. <laughs> yeah. Just on top of the world. In downtown. Downtown Marble Falls. Yeah. Would have been a... Uh, would have been a great spot to be standing uh, two days ago. Oh my goodness! When China Kitchen, R.I.P., were taking our hats off, crossing our hearts. I thought y'all were sending me a smoke signal in Horseshoe Bay, and <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. That was crazy, and and uh, that's like, isn't that the second time it's burned? Like it burned a few years ago. I'm not, not sure. sure, but can we have fact check on that, please? Yeah. Jamie, pull that up. Factual. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know if y'all saw Luke Nunley's post, but he made some hats. Yes. They yeah. said make China Kitchen great again <laughs> after they changed the egg rolls. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Luke Nunley. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's yeah. gorgeous. I love it. Too funny. Dude. Too funny. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's like the, uh, it's it's like anytime you see a fire, it's captivating. You're like, this mm. is, this is crazy. And then you start thinking about people are losing their businesses there's all kinds of tragedy happening here and then you get real sad, but it's uh it'll, it'll, I'm sure it's like, it's like anything, right? It'll come back. The businesses will rally. One thing we know about Marble Falls is that we love each other. And so we'll rally for those, those folks. So when did it happen? Like nobody was there, right? No, it happened at like five thirty or six. Oh, oh yeah, it was, did. yeah. It was like yeah. in the late afternoon. Okay. You know? So there yep. were people in the building. Yep. 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 I thought it happened like later on at night. I know they're saying what it was yet or. No, we don't. I don't think we know. So, uh, stay tuned. I'm sure that uh, we should spread the rumors right now. Yeah, <laughs> let's just yep. go ahead and go around the table. Direct energy weapon. That's mm, my yep. vote. The, yes. roo- the the roof was not blue, yes. so it definitely. Um, We're just manifesting the deep wormholes of Twitter X here. <laughs> oh gosh, is it bless. Twitter or X now? Yeah. I still can't get over. Like, I'm gonna jump on X real quick and look at some information and. You know, it's almost appropriate because it's almost like it got a rating now. Yeah. It's X-rated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I saw somebody's phone the other day with that app on it, and I, I, I had no idea what it was. And I was like, oh, is that kind of, what is X? It looks like, yeah. X looks like Starlink, too. Yeah. Like, when you look at the picture of it, mm. it definitely looks like, I mean, there's like, there's like stars behind it. Yeah. 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 It's the Wild West of the uh, of the social media right now. So I love it. If you want to find a deep conspiracy theory wormhole, that's your spot. And it's very entertaining. Just start digging. Just stay in bed and start hours and hours. Scroll scroll away and learn. What are you doing with your life? Go to bed. Sometimes I like look at my kids like last weekend. Austin played in a football game, three basketball games. And then I think it was like Sunday. He just sat on the couch for like two hours. And I was like, 
did you see all the internet yet? Like just scrolling <laughs> YouTube shorts or whatever. I'm just like, how many, how like surely you've exhausted every video that there is. No. no so chance. how old is Austin now? 14. Does he have a uh, social media presence? Like does he post things or how does that work? Not really. They're, kids these days, it's like, they use Snapchat to communicate mm. back and forth with each other, but it's stupid stuff. You know, it's like a picture of like what they're doing, you know, like the dashboard of the car because they're driving in the car. Yeah, they don't really. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of attach a picture with a text message on yep, Snapchat yep. for no reason at all. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Um, and it's usually like in motion. They'll be like holding their yeah. phone. But he doesn't really care about that. You know, some of his friends are more like, look at me. You know, social media hype, but he just uses it to like text his buddies and look at stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, good. Yeah. good. But it's interesting. You know the it's the it's the YouTube Shorts. It's like, yeah. Think about like Sports Center top ten, sure. right? Sure. But of everything in the world, not even top ten, just like clips of stuff that are like ten or fifteen seconds, all. The time. Yeah. We talk about that with like athletes. We're like, y'all don't even watch a full like basketball game or a football game. You're just watching reels. Yep. Sure. So you don't even know like the flow of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does give us content though to talk about, right? I yeah. mean, what did yeah. we do before all this? I mean, we talked about local football and Dairy Queen and, and what they were serving, you know, on Friday nights and, I guess what happened at school or whatever. And yeah, I don't know, man, it's just a uh, information overload. Yeah. I, I know for me myself, when I was super, super checked out early in my, in my healing journey, um, I felt out of, out of place a little bit because once in a while I feel good enough to get out and I'd be around my boys and they'd be like, Oh, did you hear about such and such? And I'd be like, Nope. No, yep. I didn't. I I haven't been on social media or I deleted my Facebook account and usually hardly ever get on anything just maybe to update people. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to be in the know, you gotta, you gotta stay up with it. Unfortunately, it's basically today's newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the way you find out your news. That's for sure. I mean, if, if I really want to know like what's happening in the world, like pretty Twitter. instantaneously, yeah, it's Twitter, Twitter without yeah. a doubt. Sure. <clears throat> like you get on there and you see what's trending and you're like, okay, uh, that's what's happening in the world. And then like six hours later, you'll see it on ABC news or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I watched ABC news, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a Fox news guy. Yeah. No, Dude. but you're right. And they all have like Facebook. Like, if you want to know when the fire is happening, like, I can't go to Twitter to see what's happening with the fire in Marble right, Falls. You gotta, right. Facebook's kind of, like, more localized, mm, I feel Hill like. Country Scanner, that right yeah, there, dude. dude. But yeah, God Country bless Scanner. Him. Yeah, but yeah. Facebook is, like, more localized information, I feel like. Yeah. And groups, and then Instagram is just whatever visual type of... Yeah. You know, like, it's... I call it... I'm like... For me, Instagram is like hunting porn and fishing porn. It's just like yeah. every picture you could possibly think <laughs> yeah. of is just like the most glamorous looking hunting scene or you know fly fishing scene or whatever. And I have a hilarious amount of or cooking butchers. Yeah, like people yeah, that, yeah. that that like mm-hmm. that, that trim the meat and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Sure. There's this one guy I found that I think his name is Meat Dad. Yeah, and he's like. 
his whole thing is helping you save money when you go grocery shopping. So he teaches you like how to, you know, process a whole chicken, how to do this and that. But the guy sounds like his voice sounds like the most intense man. He's like, stop wasting money on chicken, you know? And it's like, Hey, all right, man. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Did you pay seven ninety nine for that chicken? You could get it for two ninety nine. Yep. but just a hilarious, a hilarious one. My favorite, uh, one is uh barbecue with Jake. Yeah, that dude's wild. This it's like this barbecue with Jake. Hey, yeah, big is it Big Jake or something like that? Big Jake or something. Yeah, yeah. but he's uh, it wouldn't be good if it was Small Jake. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. you couldn't trust him. Yeah, <laughs> but he's big, so he's you can big, trust him with barbecue. Right. But he's so funny because it's like an old man trapped yeah. in a young man's body. Yeah, it's a uh, oh, you sent me some of those, dude. Yeah, oh, Kurt. Yes, said, thank you. Because he'll go. Yes, those are great. He'll say, "Now let's go in for that bite." And and then he always whatever he's cooking he cuts it in half he goes take a look at that cross section <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the comments yeah. on those they're just, they're, 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 they're killer so I like him and then there's the guy like so I said hunting and fishing and then like a little bit of exercise stuff and then cooking yeah and there's the the dude with the Down syndrome who's kind of yes, like Big Jake and yes. he's like. He's like, wash your damn hands. And he like claps yes, his hands and yeah. he's like, okay. And he'll be like, you know, like, I don't know, meatball, macaroni, and cheese. Yeah, and, just and nothing he makes is healthy, but I'm like, sure. dude, it's But it's hilarious. so fun to do it. And yeah. you're happy for him because he's like, oh, yeah, he's got he's a huge a following. That's so good. And then the, the newest one is that chick with the Tourette's. Oh, yes. I've sent you some of her stuff. We can't quote her, but. No. But <laughs> so, so, like, when we first started with Instagram, it was stuff. Mainly, 90% was your friend's post. Yeah. And then over time, it got to be more of influencer like influencer type. content. Do you, do you remember the first time you heard about Instagram? Gosh, I, no, not really. I vividly remember it because it was Jared Brown, who we know, good friend of ours. Jared comes up to good me man. at camp and he's like, dude, you got to download this app. I was like, what is it? He's just called Instagram. And he's showing me, I was like, is it just pictures? He goes, yeah, it's just pictures. I'm like, dude, that's stupid. <laughs> I was like, I, why would I download that? He's like, dude, I, trust me, it's going to be cool. It's like awesome. And I was like, all right, whatever. Then like six months later, I finally download it. And then now it's like huge. And I was like, dang, Jared, if we were smart, I would have invested in Instagram yeah, Jared, when you talk to me about it. What you on now, brother? Let yeah. me get on that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Let us know if you have anything dude, else Instagram is time. Instagram is wild too. Because like, yeah. like I said, like 90% of it is not even real but it's just so visual that's why I, I visually hate to, i hate to use the word mm. that i use but it's literally like it's a hunting picture but it's like the most visualing like just yeah. stimulating stimulating like just a sexy looking hunting picture or fly yeah. fishing yep. video and you're like oh i want to go yeah, yeah. i yeah. do that well, but it's not real i mean it is real but it's not like yeah. It's like the flow of a basketball game or a football game. Sure. You see the highlights, but there's a lot of stuff in between that's just mundane. And right. that, yeah, life in general, you're not going to get yep. a good picture not 100% of the time, yep. right? Yep. And that's what Instagram's showing. So right. it can give off these feelings of FOMO or whatever it is that, yep. that just says, man, look, these people are on vacation all the time. Well, yep. you know. That's yep. not the truth. No, and you know. I'll give you a great example of what something that just drives me crazy is Carter got on this kick with this YouTube where she's watching these people, these bloggers, where this family are just playing with their kids and they're opening up toys and all this stuff. And finally, we had to put a an X on that. We're like, no, because 
listen, she comes to us. She's like, why aren't you playing with me all the time? And it, sweetie, we'll play with you when we can. Right. It's not realistic that these people are showing that they're doing it all the time. And in her mind, in a five-year-old, six-year-old, four-year-old mind, she's just seeing, you know, these people are having fun 24-7. Yep. Why aren't we doing that? Or yep. uh, they're opening up toys and stuff. And I'm like, no, we're going, we have to stop this and go more into an educational route. And, <clears throat> um, thank goodness that uh, we can put those you know, stamps of approval on our children early and hopefully influence them later on to make the decisions on their own. But, oh, my goodness gracious, it drives me nuts. Yeah. yeah. That's such a – that's something I would never even think about because I don't have a kid yet. But it's like – yeah, it's like all of a sudden they're like – they see something, I think that's the expectation. And you're like, no, 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 young mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, even it's adults. very different. Yeah, even that's adults. true too. Yeah, we're sure. guilty of the same I mean, thing. the, the – uh, yeah, there's so many things we could go into. Can we well, go? Can we go back to Big Jake real quick? Yeah. yeah. All right. So when we were talking about Small Jake, Big Jake. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about how you get a nickname. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> seriously, are, are you? Do you guys? Did you guys grow up with a nickname? Oh, yeah, I have or, a nickname. Okay, family nickname, friend nickname, maybe a combination of both, or what was your nickname? Everybody just called me Scahill. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why. Like different friend groups for different reasons. I don't know why. One of my friend groups, my buddy was dating this girl named Corey, and so they were just like, "We can't keep confusing y'all, so you're Scahill." And then, like, I moved here, and like, you call me Scahill for whatever. I don't know why. Yeah, and that's what they call me. I think it's 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 pretty unique to have a last name. Everybody, and there's a lot of Corys, yeah, but, right? Yeah, but so people just naturally call me that. Yeah. No, it sounds good. It's sexy. Scahill. When, I don't know. Maybe. When I was, uh, <laughs> the first nickname I, that I recall that I ever got was when, so we, you know, lived in Northern Indiana in a town called Shipshawana, which is like 65, 70% Amish. Mm. And so when I went to public school during that phase of my life at elementary school at Shipshawana Scott Elementary. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Holla. Man, nobody said, yeah, I went there. <laughs> um, when we were, uh, when we lived up there, you know, it's like, I, I went to school with mostly Amish kids mm. and, uh, their nickname for me was, uh, Kurt Cobbler. Gotcha. They called I got, me the Cobbler. I, I got a lot of Cobbler. Kurt Cobbler. I was like, nice, nice. I got Cobbler with, with Cobble. Then so. I would just remind them that they don't have any power. Like literally <laughs> your house has no power. You don't even have electricity. Zero. Stop making fun of me, kid. I was, in, <laughs> I was just a little excerpt here i was in mexico doing some treatment and the majority of the people there were amish it was my first time to be around amish people and for long periods of time i mean we were there for did they live there or they're like no they were they were there for getting treatment yeah okay Mm -hmm. cool and it was they were some of the most amazing people in the world they're sweet so sweet and they're they're slowly taking over the world if you want to, if you like, not really, but what's, what's amazing to look at is the birth rate amongst, amongst the Amish mm. versus like every other group of people. Sure. Like they are pump, pumping out families like you wouldn't believe. And it's like, so years from now, the Amish might actually be like a lot more prevalent than we're, than we were ready for. Well, you got to build that barn, baby. You got to build the barn. Yeah. When we were up in, in Indiana, like we had, we saw a few barn raisings around us and it, mm-hmm. it actually does happen in like three days, like a huge barn. Yeah. Hundreds of them will come out. 
and you'll see a, a really amazing, well-built barn go up in three days. Well, they, they have it down to a, to a very, I mean, it's, everybody has their, they've got it down to a science. They man. do. They I really mean, do. like, yeah, uh, my, I just enjoyed my time with them and, and, uh, st- and we're able to stay in touch with some of them. And it was very, very weird that like, okay, you can call me on this day. We'll have the phone ready and we can take phone calls at this time. You know, wow. yeah. we'll be using the phone during this period of time on this day of the week. And so, I mean, you know, more power to them, you know, they seem very happy, but I mean, shoot. Uh, back to nicknames. Yeah. I think, I think you're either really good at giving nicknames or, I mean, you can't force it, right? Oh, dude. It's gotta yeah. happen naturally. Yeah, absolutely. I, I tell you, I've given a lot of nicknames in my day. I, I'll, I'll tell you a little story about this. Um, I'm such an, <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, like, and I look back on some of the things I've done. Yeah. That, you know, we've grown a lot. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. So, uh, some of us, some of us have, yeah, more than others, but I was, uh, in a fraternity at, at, at my school in San Marcos and there may have, may have not been some extracurricular activities that rhyme with, uh, blazing. So, uh, there was this young, uh, kiddo that was going through and there was some stuff going on and. I got up in his face and 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 started yelling, "Ah, you cry baby, wah wah, you, you know, you can't handle it, yada yada yada, wah wah wah, why don't you cry, baby?" Well, his nickname after that day for the rest of his whole career at college was <laughs> "Wah Wah." Oh. Wow, <laughs> and um, and at least it wasn't crybaby. That'd be worse. No, no, no. But like, I mean, people would call him this, like on campus and around girls and stuff like that. And I didn't think anything of it. And like, I don't know. A few weeks after we graduated, he came up to me. He's like, "Cobble, you pretty much ruined my college career. Like, <laughs> I mean, you really are. Why? Why in the world would you?" Give a nickname like that, and I, I said, dude, I am, I am, I am deep down so sorry. I had no idea. First off, I didn't think it would stick. I mean, I mean, we every year this stuff happens, and and yeah. you know, but uh, God bless him, and hopefully he has forgiven me. It's been a decade or so. So was that was that giving a nickname or bullying? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So for all the what's kids the, out there what's the line? Yeah. Like what is the line between hazing and bullying? Like it's hazing gray. is for good. It's a great Hazing line. is like for a good reason at the end to be part of a club. Bullying is just because you're mean. Yeah. yeah that's, that's just being sure. Yeah. I, yeah, there is a, I, I would say this, that 90% of the time, if there was something going on through the fraternity, it was for a reason or for a meaning. You, you had a purpose of learning something. Um, whether that purpose was useful, <laughs> I can't tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but there wasn't, you know, there was, we're not just going to, you know, do something to you just to do something to yeah. you. There was a reason for it. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's why I never did college. I didn't want to get hazed. Me either. Well, I mean, <laughs> we'll teach you a few things right now on this <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> There was one thing that 
you know, you had to do is you do wall sits and you would tune the TV. And so you would turn your fingers like you're turning knobs on the TV and you'd be like, what are you watching now, son? What are you watching now? You watching ESPN, huh? You watching ESPN? Getting all up in their face. I mean, some silly Silly stuff, stuff, you know, nothing that's going to really hurt anybody, hurt anybody. But, you know, the the guys got it before them and the guys got it before them the year before that. And that's like I talked to these, you know, these guys that uh, that I'd get as counselors or something out of camp and all that went to A&M and were in the core and you hear all the core stories about like, you know, well, we did this and we did that and. Like right, most military. of it, yeah. Well, most of it, like that you'd hear is, is like that. I with, when I'd hear from these guys, it's very playful. Like I like it feels serious and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, like it said, it had an end game of like you're in the club now. You did it. You made it through. It's almost, more tradition yeah. than yeah, anything, yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and and like I mean, you hear about the stories every year. It gets a little less and less and less, and then sure. finally they just you know give you a participation trophy and say hey you made it so you know do whatever you want to do but yep it is funny that so the you know so we got big jake you know the instagram guy it's so funny the platform that the internet has given to people that we would have never known about yep like one of there's this one kid that i found on instagram he has an account called will survives and he's this goofy kid he's got to be like 22 or 23 i'm gonna send him to you and nick Mm -hmm. but he he like he built a, like a log structure in the woods. I don't even know where he lives. And he's like living out there. He put like a basketball hoop up on a tree. Yes. He like makes music in the woods <laughs> and he's just this goofy kid. And so like one of his, one of his videos, he's like, yeah, so I built this structure out here in the woods and I've been like making beats and playing basketball and hanging out with my animal buddies. And then I found out by the feds that I can't be here. So <laughs> I'm going to build a house in the woods somewhere else. <laughs> and so now he's building a house in the, like a place in the woods somewhere else. And, uh, and it's hysterical because the last one I saw that he put, that he put up, um, he has these like mountain lion got in. Yeah, he's got this deflated no. basketball, and he's like, "So they keep eating my balls, my basketballs." He goes, "They're deflated," and I think it's like I thought it was a bear, but I don't think it's a bear. I think it's a mountain lion out here, and so and I'm like, "This kid's gonna die in the woods." Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like it's crazy, but it's like, but it's kind of fun to to watch him, and like you know, he seems happy and all this stuff. I'm like, well, whatever he's doing is harmless. Um, but it's just funny that we, I never would have known about one of these, you know, goofy people had I not <laughs> seen the internet. Yeah. Like, it's just the fun. Well, there's before that, it was like, you'd have these, I kind of feel like Paris Hilton paved the way for that. Never thought I'd hear those words in my life. I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm just saying, right. <laughs> so more. like before social media, when we were growing up, we had like, People who were famous for doing nothing. Oh, gotcha. and she was one of them, right? Mm-hmm. So and what these she, people, what the internet did was less. We don't have to hear from Paris anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just saying she kind of paved the way for that. Like you're just a personality. You haven't really done anything, but you allow cameras into your life, and then that kind of paved the way to like reality TV. Oh, sure. And then you got the Kardashians, and then you got all these like influencer reality tv types yeah. that then when the internet came about or when social media came out it was just like 
Yeah, at least we got some more options now. Yeah, I, you Thank know what goodness. I'm saying. I'm like, I, I care less about the Paris Hilton. Hilton. <laughs> Man, did you did you ever hear about the story about those kids in L.A. that broke into her house, Paris Hilton's house, multiple times? Yeah, no. <laughs> and they so they they started out breaking into cars and stealing stuff, and then they started stealing cars, and then they started breaking into houses. And one of them just happened to be, they were in Hollywood and they, one of them just happened to be Paris Hilton's house and they thought it was a good idea to do it multiple times. Uh, I watched a few episodes on Netflix about it. Absolutely bonkers. Oh, I bet. I mean, crazy. Sheesh. And they talk about like going through her stuff, finding her drugs, doing her drugs, saying this people the best. are wild it's wild i mean like you just mind blown you know you you think about you think about history and you always think about well this is the worst time in history right now <laughs> we you know and every decade Every time yeah. my parents, their grandparents, this is the worst time. I feel it's so ever bad been. for your kids having to grow up in this. I'm like, really? Yeah. Sitting on the couch scrolling YouTube. But uh I, I tell you what, man, like I mean, just the the stupidity level, um, and uh, I guess it's always been out there but magnified now because yeah. of the internet and things like that, with people letting their kids be animals and you know, silly stuff like that. I mean, you, you gotta scratch your head and say where are we going yeah yeah Yeah. my favorite one of my favorite memes is like this medieval is like a picture of like a medieval hillside village that's being raped and pillaged by like you know a millet like an army or whatever you know there's like grass huts and houses on fire and like people being dragged out and stabbed and then it's like look at all these people just living in the moment not a phone in sight (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can we? Yeah, let's bring it back to medieval times, man. Well, I was I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about you know all the harm that things are going on. But if you think about the advancements that we've had as a society, Mm -hmm. and just the the opportunity to have uh, sewage and clean water and things of that nature, you you don't have people. Dying in dying. malaria. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, illness if and, a child gets sick, you, you don't worry about them dying in a few weeks. You mm-hmm. actually have hope of, you know. I'm yeah. listening to that book. The guy was just on Rogan. Um, I was listening to it before, but it's The Comfort Crisis, and it talks about how, like, we have all these little creature comforts now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, going back to our ancestors, you know, we used to walk everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, you know, you trade a little bit of, Hard, you know, like, what's the trade-off? Do we go back to those times where, like you said, where people are dying just so we can be, quote-unquote, you know, closer to our natural state? Like, I don't know about that. Yeah. I think it's just balance. You know, it's like you, like, it's good to look back and think, yeah, there were things that they did back in the past, like, not, you know, didn't work insane hours. And, you know, it's like you do, like, yeah, if you, you. You don't have, you're not distracted by your phone all the time. It's like, yeah, I'm going to walk over to George's house, go see how George is doing. Yeah, you know, bored. it's like your life was just so much slower. 
And I think there's a lot of there is a lot of value in slowing down. That's and and sure. I think that's what vacation is. I yeah. mean, you know, when yeah. people go on vacation, they get away from the hustle and bustle and yeah. And nature is usually part of that. You don't see mm-hmm. them saying, "Well, let's vacation and go to the city and and, and be around a bunch of people." No, they can go as a family and go to the beach or the mountains or yeah. You know, whatever that may be, um, unless you're a big fan of Schlitterbahn, which I am. Yeah, right, right. Or Disney World. Never been to Schlitterbahn. Oh, man. Never been to I used to go to Waterworld in yep. Houston when that was a thing. Colorado. That was a blast. Yep. yep. Oh, you had one in Colorado called Waterworld? Yep. We was had a Snow World up there? Nope. Waterworld. <laughs> we had a Water Wonderland. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. In the middle of uh, West Texas, in between Midland and Odessa. What's the one that we have here in like North Austin? The Kalahari or something? Kalahari. Like that? Kalahari. Yeah. That place is a headache. Is it? <laughs> Bro, I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> it's an indoor water park with a giant, giant jumbotron playing music videos. It is the last. And to get in there, you walk through a hotel that's amazing. And an arcade. It is just constant. It is so loud in that place. I'm sounding really old. But it is literally overstimulation to yeah. the max. Sure. Like after sure. being there for like two or three hours, I'm like, get me the heck out of this yeah, place. Like I, I don't. I want to go outside, not hear anything. And yeah. I'm sure there's test studies on um, what can we do to get these children to spend more money. Yeah. Like here, take a bunch of red forty and go run around in this building for the next <laughs> <few> hours. <laughs> Did chaos, yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Tell me about yeah. music. Y'all been seeing any live music lately? Oh man, gosh! I think the yeah. la- was the last time I went to a concert. It, w- it was uh, it's, Amos it's, Lee. Amos Lee. Amos Lee's the last guy I went. Yeah, to. I saw um, a really good band last Saturday. At uh, Save the World, uh, wait a <laughs> the, <laughs> the polka Jer- band. The polka band. Ah, they brought a polka band in. Yeah, yeah, oh, they were Oktoberfest. Been, been doing yeah. show in a minute. Yeah, it was it was really fun. I, I just found out my my friend. We did you guys did either one of y'all see Penny and Sparrow with me? I haven't seen them, but I listened to them. I think they're great. So he they just had to back out of ACL. He's got to have surgery. He's got like oh, he hurt his back man. doing. Well, I think it's just from CrossFit. I'll be honest. Andy should have never done CrossFit. That's a bummer. Yeah. So he's having. They were going to play it. They played last year, but they had to had to cancel because he's jacked up his back. I tuned into their uh, Christmas special that you sent me. It was fantastic. Hilarious, dude. Oh, their yeah. ASMR stuff. They're so s- good. They're two of the weirdest people I have ever met. I love they're that. They're very talented. Um, but yeah. Most artists are weird. Yeah, he's very strange. <laughs> but he's fun. When's, uh, what What have you, uh, like what music came out that you've been listening to? Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, I've really been into covers lately. I don't know why, but if I can find a a legit song that's been a hit forever and somebody else is doing it in their own way. I really love that. What's one of your favorite covers? I got one for you. Well, you know, like I think scary pockets, they, they're really good at like bringing in different, uh, people all the time to do different covers. And if you, if scary pockets, scary pockets. Yeah. They, they, they do some of the, I mean that all they do is covers. Yeah. They're just, and, and they're just a cover band, but they bring in really, talented artists to do their covers and um i have a cover cover this playlist if you're on spotify you want to look me yeah, up i got that playlist. cover this playlist is great i mean you got anything from 90s country to 90s hip-hop 
that is covered by somebody random and it's just beautiful. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and just to have their little twists and turns on, on, a, on a song to make it different is, is very, very unique. And it, uh, something about the music. I'm going to share this one with you. Malia J smells like teen spirit. Nirvana. Dude, it's a good, it's good. Go. So I remember Great. when I first met Corey Scahill, he was my neighbor. He came over and we started hitting the music up. Yeah. And I was like, this guy's in the grunge. <laughs> oh, dude. Punk rock and grunge music oh, was yeah. my life. Yeah, that's Corey's, Corey's faves. Right on. I don't know if you have Amazon music. You have Spotify, but you can at least just see the picture and go from there. Are yeah. there people that use Amazon music? Oh, dude, me. Really? Well, here's the thing. It's like Is everything okay. What's going on? Yeah, let's it's like, take, check your It's tip. like ten dollars a month, unlimited, right? And this is before it's Spotify. Like Mobile, dude. No, dude, this was before <laughs> Spotify got big. Yeah, and it's like I had all these playlists built. It's got all my algorithms in it. Oh, you've already invested. And in I'm it, like, though. dude. So I have both Amazon and Spotify. I do love how uh, Spotify will give you those playlists. Yeah. You can go on, find an artist that you like, go down, read about them, and then see yeah, what I mean, they're it's, listening to. It's a to. much better music platform, platform yeah. for sure. Yeah. But at this day and age, I just too hold the switch. Uh, Wanderlust is a really good playlist on Spotify. I'll mm. share that with you. That's my jam right I'm now. I'm still on Napster. Yeah, just waiting on my down, waiting on my downloads, downloads to finish. LimeWire, yeah, LimeWire, Pirate Bay, bro. I remember being in college and coming home, and my whole screen would just be blue lines. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that thing to download. Oh, yep. bro, and then you, and then you finally download it, and then a week later, your computer's like virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, you're yeah. done. You don't yeah. know what you're, you're getting. Done. What, yeah. what did I just download? Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah no, that was. Absolute chaos. I remember when I got in so deep on the downloading when I was like trying to download, like I couldn't get, uh, I was trying to find a license key for Age of Empires, like a dumb Microsoft like game. And I like, I was like, you know, I just didn't have enough money for my paycheck at Sonic, you know, (laughs) and I was just (laughs) trying to find a license for that game. And I think I got it. I'm pretty sure I did find it. But yeah, that was, that was like my guilty pleasure. I had two games I played as a kid. Age of Empires, and this is going to sound super nerdy, but I was a flight sim guy. I love flight simulators. Wow. They're so fun. Yep. My, uh, Interesting. A good afternoon for a young Kurt Cotter at the age of like 15 would be a 64-ounce Mountain Dew in a, 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 a box of pizza from Little Caesars, and I would sit down at the computer, drink soda, eat pizza, and fly <laughs> oh from God. like Houston to Dallas like a total loser no on way. a flight simulator. God bless you. Yeah, but somehow the Lord gave me social skills later in life, and I have friends now, and I don't do flight sims as yeah. much. Yeah. Well, at least you can connect with those kiddos that still do. Well, that, those are the, those kids are hard to connect with, the ones that that's are why flight Mike, simulating. That's why we have Mike Nieswander. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mike. Yeah. Mike, I talked to some Mike called me yesterday. And for those listening, Mike Nicewander is the uh, youth pastor at Lakeshore's Church. He's a great guy. He's so funny. He's quirky. He's obsessed with he's Star Wars. A, yeah, and video game guy. If I say he's obsessed with two things, it's, it is uh, Star Wars and scripture. That dude reads the Bible more mm. than any, like he's, he just studies like a, like it's, it's a passion of his. Stay in the it. word. Yeah. But, uh, what's, what's funny. He called me yesterday to, cause I helped, uh, helped with youth on Wednesday and, uh, he called me and I was like, hey, Mike, what you up to? He goes, I'm climbing a mountain. I was like, 
Like for real, for real. He's in Colorado. He's like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm on uh, Mount Yale right now. I was like, dude, I climbed Mount Yale like nine years ago. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna make it to the top. I was like, that's all right. I was like, it's it's not easy, man. And and uh, he he, t- I don't know if he finished it or not. He goes, yeah, dude. He's like, he was having this inner tur- turmoil where he's like, well, I don't want to like get to the top just because it's like so I could tell myself I could or this or that. I was like. You're overthinking, Mike. Just if you want to go, go. If you don't, don't. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like it's just beautiful up there. That's right. But he was like, yeah, I was just like, I think I'm like probably, you know, 300 feet from the peak. And uh, he goes, and I just looked at my phone and I had bars and I thought I'd call and see how youth group went. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my 300 God. feet. Just yeah. checking just in. Just do it, man. Oh, dude. Yeah. There's only been one mountain that I, I, mean, that I didn't summit that I was that close from the top. And it's because we saw clouds coming, and I was like, that, that, that might cost me my life. Yeah. <laughs> so I turned around yeah. from that one. 300 feet, 300 feet up, but probably... Oh, yeah, it's still... Probably a quarter of a mile still. Yeah, or it could be. The worst is when it's like, when you're like, oh, we got to get from here to here on Onyx, and it's, you know, oh, it's only... You know, 600 yards, but it's 400 feet up. You're like, oh, man. Yes. 500 feet up. It can be a a foot a yard. A doozy. Is it uh, Frontier, uh, Young Life Frontier? Yeah. That's on the Four Corners? It's it's near um, Buena Vista, Colorado, and it's in the Collegiate Mountains, which is – so one summer when I was at at Frontier, um, it sits at the base of Mount Princeton, which is a 14er, and so I climbed – Princeton and Yale that summer um, that are, are that are part of that collegiate mountain range in Buena Vista. And, so, but they do, you do you do go off with your campaigners group, or at least I did. Yeah, and yeah. you climb the mountains, and you have a yes, you have a one night solo night by that, yourself. They they do that with uh, the wilderness trip, so Young Life Wilderness. Okay, which is so like, that's um frontier and wilderness. I'm thinking of wilderness. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, you do the backpacking trip. That's out of Creed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Like that is a so I did both, but I'm thinking of wilderness. Yeah, wilderness was epic, but it is so a, fun. It's a whip. Yeah, I mean it is a whip. And that I, night by yourself, man. Oh, it rained pretty, pretty on rowdy. me like crazy. I found a tree and just huddled up. I was I was hugging that tree all night. <laughs> yeah, well, because I mean, when you're sitting there in the the middle of the mountains and it's cold, you're alone. That's when the thoughts creep in. You're like, mm-hmm. was that a bear? I think everything kind of ends with was that a bear? <laughs> like when I rode across uh, rode across the United States in in two thousand and seven, I was in uh, Ridgeway, Colorado. I still can't believe you did that. It just blows my mind. It was real silly, man. Real real silly. Man. Uh, I think more of you for it. It was fun. It was awesome. But anyway, you know we're there in, in Ridgeway, and at this point, I'm by myself on the trip, and. Uh, I was looking for a place to kind of set up camp that night. And then I look over, you know, on this map and I'm like, oh, there looks like there's like a little city park area. And sometimes I just throw a tent up at a city park and most of the time nobody gave me any issues with it. Uh, so anyway, there was like this park that goes along the Arkansas River there in uh, there. I'm sorry, not the Arkansas, the Uncompagre um, there in Ridgeway. And so there's this picnic table that has a, you know, a cover over it, like an awning over it. I was like, that's perfect. I'll just throw my sleeping bag and sleeping pad on that picnic table. And I don't even have to set up my tent. Yeah. So that's what I did. And I'm, uh, I'm, you know, sitting there, just finished eating, eating some food. So I got my lunch meat out and stuff <laughs> and I'm just chilling on this picnic table. And I was like, call my girlfriend. So I called, you know, uh, my girlfriend at the time was a girl named Rachel. 
and I, I was on my flip Shout phone. Shout out, Rachel. Yeah, what up, Rach? Um, so I, 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 I flip phone, you know, open up my flip phone, call her, and we're just sitting there talking, and she's like, how's the day going? I was like, man, I rode this and that, and then I was like, I don't remember that bush being over there. Mm. And then I was like, that bush is moving. I'm saying this out loud. She's like, what are you talking about? I, like, I think there's a bear. I got to go. And I close the, I close the flip phone and then I look over and I'm like, Oh, that's definitely a bear. Um, and sure enough, he starts walking around my camp, you know, the campsite or the picnic table. And he's, oh. dude, he's like 20, 30 feet from me. Yikes. And I'm just Nature like, gotcha. I'm like, ah. and then I realized I'm an idiot. And I've got my lunch meat out mm-hmm. and my bread and my condiments and all this stuff. And so I'm on the Uncompagre River. So I just start throwing the food in the river. Oh, my goodness. Because I'm like, I got to get the scent out of here. I got to get it gone. And then uh, finally, I just lay back down on my on my sleeping bag. Uh, and I've got my buoy knife <laughs> on my chest. Ah. That's the only protection I had was a knife. <laughs> And uh, and that that bear circled around my campsite for the next three hours. So, do you mean that the flight simulator games <laughs> at fifteen didn't help you with that situation whatsoever? There was no Cessnas in sight to jump on <laughs> and get out of the situation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. God uh, bless you, Kirk it, yeah, dead, dead gum, uh, dead gum bear in Ridgeway. Man, he almost got me, but he didn't. So bears are scary. Yeah, yep. And they're just like balls of muscle covered in fur like mm. you think they're like all fat and stuff they're killing machines oh absolutely yeah. i what? saw that video that one taking down a moose mm-hmm. bro have you ever seen a moose yeah the big That's old boy insane mm-hmm. it's insane what's the what's the leonardo dicaprio oh golly the revenant the revenant Ooh. such a good movie yikes when he gets attacked by that grizzly oof dude can you also just imagine being on set and watching somebody fake that <sighs> And not laughing? Dude, I would be hard for me not to laugh. Be yeah. like, there's this mechanical bear pretending to eat Leonardo. <laughs> Say what you will about his raging liberal politics. That guy's yeah. easily one of the greatest actors of our lifetime. Oh, yeah. He's fabulous. Unbelievable. Yeah. And he's a young actor that didn't go completely nuts. Yeah, you know, crazy where he couldn't finish sure. out his career. He's you like know why? Pretty good. I have a theory on that. Oh, let's hear it. He only dates girls under the age of 24. <laughs> That 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 just makes you kind of kind of gross. That, that will get you in a <laughs> lot of trouble. He the is. older you get, dude. Yeah, I don't know. You say he didn't go kind of crazy. He probably he's went crazy. a little crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like he's still making kind of gross. Yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah. like you know, you look at like he didn't uh, turn into like a Britney Spears or something like that. Oh yeah, did you see swinging knives around? <gasps> the line? They well, had to send the police over, make sure she's okay. You know, one thing that I have trouble with is when people are like, "Well, I can't." I can't listen to their music or watch their videos because of their, their politics. politics or whatever. Oh, I'm like, yeah, get over just it. enjoy the art for the art, please. Yep. I mean, come on. If they make yeah. great music, right. who cares? You know, I mean, you can, I, obviously you don't have to agree with what they right. mentally have to think, but sure. Now for sure. I could wholeheartedly yeah. agree with that. Plus you wouldn't have any music to listen to if you looked at everybody and found something about him you don't like oh it's yeah not hard. oh so you're saying we're we're not perfect yeah yeah hmm. yeah what an idea what an idea who'd have thunk it mm. broken people yep amen broken people making music out there yeah that's right so so what's new mm. i know Corey's super busy and you're killing it young life i'm so it's been a fun year excited for for you guys just i mean it seems like things are popping yeah no it's been super fun we've uh we've definitely got some excitement with kids and 
they're uh, they're having fun. We're having fun. So I think it's going to be our best year yet. I really do. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge part of my testimony. Yeah. And I, I just think the world of it. And you're obviously, God blessed you with that talent to connect with these children. I almost said children, young adults, <laughs> really, seriously, young adults that, that uh, are hard to connect with. Yeah. No, they're fun. They just, you got to earn it. It's like uh, Corey will remember this saying when we were at our banquet. Was it last year? I guess it was the yeah. Young Life banquet last yeah, it was year. Last year, uh, Glenn mm. Ostell, who's uh, he's the Young Life director up in in Lubbock, great dude. Uh, he was our speaker for that, you know. And he said, um, you know, kids are naturally attracted to the oldest person in the room that takes them seriously. Mm. And so it's like if you, you know, when you when you treat a kid like when you meet a kid, it's like you know, talk to them like their voice matters, listen to them, you know, find out who they are, that sort of thing. And then when you do that, you can make a ton of progress with them because they recognize that you see them, you know, as a, as a life that has mm-hmm. inherent value and they're going to be able to do like their, their life is going to be spectacular, you know, sure. if they, if they choose to, you know, live in a way to do that. Um, but yeah, it's super fun, man. I can tell you guys story after story of kids at the high school, but um, it's just funny the different personalities you meet, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun job. I love that. Yeah, good stuff. And Corey, tell me about uh, your family. Just working and driving kids to and fro, and answering three and a half year old questions of why, <laughs> why, why, Daddy, why is that guy over there? He's mowing his lawn. Why? Because his grass is tall. Why? You know, <laughs> like so. I figured out that I flip it. So now when we get in the car and we do, are we doing anything? I'm like, Hey Johnny, why is that up there? And she's like, I don't know. And then she comes up with an explanation. I'm like, well, why? And I just, that way she's the one having to answer all the questions. So yeah. Good for you. We good. Just sports, man. That's our world right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that time of the year, everybody's doing football and volleyball and even fall league basketball, all the things, everything, bro. Pickleball. So sports in general, who's gonna win the UTOU game tomorrow? UT's gonna gonna definitely win. Yeah, that's without my take. a doubt. I have Vegas, full confidence in them. Vegas has them uh, six and a half points right now. Yeah, that's I think good. They opened at five. Yeah. Hmm. How do you, who? What do you think? Oh man, that's that game's so unpredictable. Yeah. I mean, Let's really, see. truly, I think that. What's the over under on it? Let's see. Mm. Well, did uh, I mean it's gonna be a high scoring game. Yeah, for I guarantee sure. it. What's what's OU's like record right now? Well, they came out of uh, Big Twelve unranked, and I think they're they're what top fifteen right now. Yeah, maybe? Uh, okay, so they're hanging. They're twelve. Yeah, they're twelve. So I mean, they yeah, so they they're, they're, they have come a long way in the last four games. I think that uh, there could be a little bit of competition this year. Do. Texas won a wonderful game last year, and everybody's still high on that. Yeah. Um, so, well, and they've looked really good this year, man. Well, I think that they're in a position that, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. You yeah. know, they're they have all the pressure, right? Yeah. Oklahoma has yep, none. 100%. Yeah. So, uh, you you are in a you potentially win the Big Twelve, you have a chance at a national championship. So. Uh, yeah, one game at a time, but how do you do that when you're 19, 20 years old and you're not thinking about the next game or whatever? I mean, that just yeah. completely blows yeah. your mind. That's yeah, what you they've forget. got some powerhouses ahead of them. I mean, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah. Those, some, those are some big. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think that that's going to be 
pretty interesting seeing them in the, but in the, the SEC. The Red River Shootout's always fun. Sure. I mean, it's a great game. It's always, it always, I mean, it's like very rarely is that game not a blast to watch. Have you been to the uh, State Fair? I have, yeah. Okay. I, have I, I went to the Red River Shootout, gosh, uh, years the, ago with my what? friend Andrew. Red, isn't it the Red River Shootout? Yeah, it yeah. sounded like you said something else, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just funny. Yeah, so I was like, man. The bathroom? Yeah. That was a, I had a homeschool moment. I was like, oh, I got it wrong again. No, no, no. Uh, just I like, this uh, is, I'm thinking it's something it else, sounded, and now yeah. I'm a moron. Yeah, you're, no, you're, you're, you're on. You're, you're like, on. Red River Shootout? No, man, yeah. that's Texas Tech and Stanford, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew yeah. that. <laughs> no, but yeah, I went with my, my friend days. Andrew Weldon years ago. We went with him, and it was super fun. Yeah. Because that was like my, that was actually the first college football game I ever went to. So, well, that's was, a big one to go to. What's the game of the week? Is it Notre Dame? Uh, uh, man, why would they not be at the Red River Shootout? Number 12 against number three? Right. I mean, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And then you have A&M Alabama, yeah. which, uh, you know, it yeah. is what it is. That's going to be. Uh, I bet you college game day is at, at that. In Dallas. Maybe. It has yeah. to be. I yeah. don't know why it wouldn't. Yeah. Is uh, Lee Corso still doing? No. God bless him. They had him. They did like a. They did a uh, a uh, kind of like a tribute to him at when they were in Colorado for that Colorado game a couple weeks ago, and um, the CU CSU game, and they did like a tribute and they brought him on and man he was in bad shape. Oh yeah, it was, it's, old, it's hard to watch, man. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to watch. So. They're going to be, yeah, it's OU versus UT. Yep. Right over Still at six yep. and a half. What's the over under? Oh, I didn't look at that. But that's where college game day will be. But they brought him up. They did this, like, kind of paid homage to him and all this stuff. And it was it was pretty sweet. It was nice what I, they did. I want to shout out to my Bobcats. We're uh, three and one. Five and a half. Over under 61. Ooh. Oh, who'd the who'd the Bobcats beat this year? That was a bit really big. When at Baylor, Baylor first game in yeah. Baylor, right at Baylor, yeah, yeah in Waco, yep. which was yep. wonderful. I mean, we I didn't even give John any heck about that either. Yeah, uh, I would have. Let's yeah. do it now. Let's ha-ha, call John. him. I asked Let's him. I said, John, you're gonna go over to Clay's tomorrow. He goes, I don't support any of that. I was like, hanging out with your friends. He goes. Nope, I don't support anything. <laughs> River shootout. He's got he's got to meet with the wet people he's marrying tomorrow night or something like. He's that. Got a wedding but, to do. Yeah, yeah but anyway, I was like, you should you should have talked mad mad crap mad to crap him. about yep. that. Well, you know it's it's good to see the boys win, and I mean I don't see why we're not getting. I mean San Marcos is such a fun place. You have the river. It's it's in between town. San Antonio and Austin. Why are we not getting recruits? Why aren't we getting these four-star recruits? I mean, you know, I understand if you want to get on TV, but if you want some playing time, or if you're a second or third string, third string, four-star or five-star that you're not getting playing time, San Marcos would love to have you come. Come to Bobcat Nation, baby. Go kitty kitty. So if you're a college athlete that's listening to this, put your application in over yep, at yep. Texas State. Uh, Let's be a Bobcat. Y'all just a Bobcat. need a Deion Sanders out there. No Dude, kidding. Bring on yep. the Deion. Well, the reason, I mean, we have a great team, but we got two amazing transfer quarterbacks, one from Auburn and one from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So there you go, case yep. in point, that these big schools coming down to – 
you know, a smaller school and balling out. And NIL is changing all that. Mm-hmm. They're finally putting, hopefully, putting a little stipulation on that in the portal transfer. Yeah, it's kind of the Wild West right now, right? Yeah. But they'll figure it out. I was, I was reading an article about uh, Utah, uh, the football at Utah, the NIL deal they just did there. They gave 85 players trucks. Yeah, brand new brand trucks. Brand new I saw Dodge that. Ram trucks. And, I mean, Wild. I just like... But but think about it though. Like you watched that Johnny Manziel deal mm-hmm. on Netflix. I did. Like, dude, all those companies are making hundreds of millions of dollars off the back of these athletes. Sure, sure. And then they can't take a dime. Mm-hmm. But you're getting a free education, which is worth what right, these days? Right. Nothing. Yeah, and you know? it's yeah. Like I'm I'm in total support of it. Oh, I'm yeah, like, yeah. At least they're getting some money out of it. They're yeah. the ones putting putting their names on the line, their lives mm-hmm. on the line, all yeah. that kind of stuff. All the hard it's work. Like, yeah. yeah, the injuries. Yep. But you coin. you got to think about what's going on with the other sports. You know, sure. uh, the college football is taking all the all the money. And uh, what's happening to, I'm sorry, women's soccer? Well, they have title. Isn't that what Title Nine? I'm probably speaking a little bit out of place on that exact thing. But I know that... There's like the revenue share. So, sure. uh, like Texas Athletics, um, you know, when I saw the, um, the maybe it was a Big 12 commissioner or the athletic director at UT speak at one of those men's sports club meeting, he's like, no, dude, it's like money that comes in from football doesn't just stay at football. Sure. Like yeah. football, like boosters, but like ticket sales, revenue, it's all shared Spread amongst out. athletics. Yep. So, um, you know, which is kind of, but again, where in life are things fair, you know? Mm-hmm. So we want to talk about equal pay and equal rights and all this stuff. Like nothing in life, there's not, people don't have this share of equality or equity in life. Like if you think about, we were just talking about music. Mm-hmm. Most music people listen to is like 0.1% of all the music that's out there. Great point. You know Great what I mean? Point. So it's kind of like at the end of the day, it is what it is. When you're watching, prof- you know, people are always like, well, why do athletes make, you know, why do professional football players make more than teachers? It's like, well, how many professional football players are there and how many teachers are there? You we know, had there's a, we far had, less, yeah. you know, so it's just kind of like, you know, you it's, and they're not the same thing, obviously. It's too totally, it's like comparing apples and broccoli, but it's one of those deals where you're like, at the end of the day, there's just, you know, people are drawn to what they're drawn to. Well, I think the music analogy is so on point because like, I mean, you could be in small town USA in a bar and you'd be listening to this band. You're like, yeah, these guys could cut a record tomorrow. Oh dude. Yeah. And, but we had a little saying in college, it's not the grades you make, it's the hands you shake. Yep. Right. So it's the connections, mm-hmm. it's the who you know, yeah. and it's where you're Think going. Think about all the people who made it on American Idol or America's Got Talent that are phenomenal vo- you know, singers or bands, and you, like you said, but then psh, they don't, you know, yeah. they're not cutting major record deals and being played all over, you know, the radio and Sirius XM, you know, 24-7. So, I mean, look at Taylor Swift. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Fresh Fuel Nutrition. Open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. and again later in the afternoon from 5 to 7 p.m. 
Uh, Fresh Fuel Nutrition has smoothies, protein shakes, all kinds of healthy snacks, everything you need uh, to have a great day and feel awesome. Um, They are located inside the Athletic Club at 2312 North U.S. Highway 281, right there by El Himidor. Uh, a fantastic place uh, to go in and start your day with a fresh smoothie or a protein shake. A uh, fun, shameless plug, Jesse Stevenson, who is the owner, is an old Young Life student of mine and uh, went off to college, came home, and opened up her new business. So would love for you guys to go support her. Again, Fresh Fuel Nutrition, located inside the Athletic Club. Go check it out. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Hill Country Tobacco Company. Open Tuesday through Saturday from 11 to 7 p.m. and located at 1405 Mormon Mill Road in Sweet C. Come see us at the Hill Country Tobacco Company. Yeah, look, y'all, it is one of my favorite places to go. Um, They have an excellent humidor. When you walk inside to your left, there's some leather couches, big screen TV. They've got the same thing in the back. And then the humidor has an excellent uh, selection of premium quality cigars. Jason Hans is the owner, a good friend of mine. He's a veteran, so it's a veteran-owned establishment. Um, But we would love for you guys to come join us at the Hill Country Tobacco Company sometime. Uh, On Tuesday evenings, we have the Pipe Club. So if you're a tobacco a smoker that likes to smoke out of a pipe. Uh, come see us on Tuesday evenings. Also, they do periodic games of poker and all kinds of other events uh, going on up there. So, Hill Country Tobacco Company, right up on Mormon Mill. Go check it out. Get a nice uh, premium cigar. Uh, you can bring a cooler in there if you want to bring something to drink. You can bring food in. Uh, but get your cigars at the Hill Country Tobacco Company. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Save the World Brewing Company. Located at 1510 Resource Parkway right here in Marble Falls, they are open Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, Listen, whenever you go out to the brewery, oftentimes they'll have different food trucks that come in. So when you go out there, it's almost like you're going to a new restaurant every time. Uh, If you go to their website or their Facebook page, you can find out which food truck will be there uh, which day, but it's super fun. We've gotten to try a lot of new foods Uh, Try some new things. Absolutely love it. But go out to Save the World. My favorite day to go is on Friday afternoons. A lot of the locals go out there. Um, Oftentimes they release beers on Saturdays too if it's a new pour. Um, But a beautiful place to go hang out. We're in the best time of the year uh, to be going to the breweries and stuff like that. The weather's perfect. So I would encourage you uh, to go to Save the World Brewing Company and have an ice cold beer and a wonderful time. All right, check them out. And last but certainly not least, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Numinous Coffee Roasters, my favorite place in town to get a nice cup of coffee. Uh, They are open seven days a week, and they're located at 715 FM 1431. That's right at the main intersection in town at 1431 and 281. Alex Payson is the owner of Numinous Coffee. He has been a guest on the Marvelous Falls podcast in the past, and I'm sure we're excited to bring him on again. But we'd encourage you to go to Numinous Coffee Roasters, get a nice cup of coffee. Their scones, kolaches, breakfast sandwiches, everything they do is excellent. So we would encourage you guys to go get a fresh cup of coffee over at Numinous Coffee Roasters. You know, all these people who talk about equal pay and equal and all this, it's like, well... They go out and spend fortune on Taylor Swift tickets, you know. Yeah. So anyway, hey, yeah, we R&D. it's it's wild, man. Yeah, that's my rant. Well, it's not really a rant. It's just we were talking about football. I love it. Yeah, I rant away, it. my guy. Yeah, I mean, if people stop going to football games and start going to like, 
you know, volleyball games or women's soccer games, then then it'll thing. drive the revenue. Yeah. Sure, but sure. you can't. I mean, like, why is soccer so popular around the world, but not in the United States? No matter how much they try to cram like professional soccer mm-hmm. down the throats of Americans, they still just don't want it at the level that they want football. Sure. Yeah, football. I think will probably be king here for a while. But yeah, it, but yeah. it's fun to see it grow because it's like you. If if you guys want to have a an awesome night, go to an Austin FC oh, game. Dude. Oh, dude. Yeah. Dude, that's I, the I most. Enjoy it. That's the most electric. Like, oh, it's so much fun. stadium I'd ever yeah. been in because they have this section called the supporter section. Mm-hmm. It's like on the, the and they do not stop cheering. Yeah, banging the drums and yeah. chanting. It's awesome. Dude, it's, it's awesome. Drinking is is nonstop. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, people are spilling beer all over each other, I'm sure. But yeah. it's it's so fun. I was like, I hooligans. Was like, Dang, hooligans is, is what they call yeah, them over yeah. in Europe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, but you're right. It's like, I mean, that what's what you're seeing is like, you know, there's, I mean, it's just capitalism in sports. It's like this. There's yeah. right now. It's a. Uh, you know, football's king, and it's like when that descends, something else will come back up, and this is hot now, that's hot now. It's yeah. like what happened with golf, right? I mean, gosh, with the yeah, live and all that. Yeah, so, I mean, but the, 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 I think the, there's a little difference between, like, growing up and being, like, a Cowboys fan or Oilers fan, and, yeah, oh, I have a starter jacket or whatever that right. is, yep. you know, um, throwback to starter jackets and, right. and, and, and cheering for your team, and my dad was an was an Aggie or a Longhorn and I'm an Aggie or a Longhorn or whatever. When you're over in Europe and you're in a small town that has a club, it's more like a gang. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is a lifestyle and it becomes very personal yep. and it goes beyond sports. It, it's almost a uh, social sex. Yeah. Uh, when we yeah. went, when we went to like uh, S E C T. That's yeah. it. Thank yep. you. Yep. <laughs> like section sects. When we were in uh, Scotland this summer, you know, the the amount of passion they had for, like, club soccer mm-hmm. and club sports and stuff like that was nuts. And also just, like, the passion they had for their country and everything was pretty cool to see, too. Absolutely. But, like, it, it, it's, uh, you know, like, they, they were doing um, – I'm trying to think of what tournament was happening. There was some tournament happening in, in Edinburgh that we were, when, you know, around that time. They had these games going on. And they had their flags around. I mean, everybody was geared up. Like, there was, like, energy in the city. I was like, I just hadn't seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you, you could see it if you're, like, in Houston and the Astros are playing and you're close to downtown. Like, you had a similar vibe. But it was really fun to see, like, a country, like, just really be that excited about their team. I, you know, I have a, a town theory about, about that. that. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> like... I think in the United States, we're so sprawled out and everything is like urbanized, you know what I mean? Or suburbanized, you know? So like, you know, we moved here from Colorado, but like, and and you'll drive an hour somewhere to work in these big cities, like where in all those small towns and like Europe, right? Yeah. It's people don't necessarily, this is my thought from what my experience is being there is like, when you grow up and in one of those small little areas or like a parish or whatever, like you don't really leave. Yeah. Yeah. You don't move. You know, it's not common for people. They might move, but then come back. So mm-hmm. you have like kind of more of that towny. Well, it's kind of funny feel. too. Like the, you know, public transportation so different there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot, a lot more trains, trains and all that kind of stuff. Like I met a lot of people when we were there that don't drive. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I don't have a car. And I was like, huh. 
weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but it was, yeah, it's just, it's a different, different culture over there. Absolutely. But it is fun. It's fun to see the passion for that. Like one of the, the things that was really neat was the pub culture over there. Yeah. Where it's just like you go to work and then after work you go have a beer with the guys and the gals or whatever, your friends. And, uh, so I'd go to these, you know, there was one town we were in called Sterling and I found this, like, I was like, I'm just going to this little pub, you know, and I walked into this pub and it was just, I was just like, Heather and I were in there and I was just looking around. I was like, this makes me happy. It's magical. Yeah. yeah it's just all these guys and gals just sitting down. But it's their restaurants too. No, this one was just a straight pub. Oh, it was? Like it's just beers. That's all oh, they had. Beers yeah. and you get like maybe like a real simple cocktail. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's just like a place of conversation. Yeah. And that's like, it. Like, would you consider it a dive bar? I mean, would would that be equivalent to this tavern or this pub? Yeah, yeah I'd say it's probably the thing we have that's the most similar. Yeah. I was yeah. a huge dive bar guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you could give me just a small town, little bar, stool with a guy that will, you know, talk to you about... God knows what, just yeah. for, you know, yeah. just to chew the fat and have a beer and just enjoy life without yeah. anybody asking you, you know, giving you a menu that has 35 pages. Dude. <laughs> we were, we were at, uh, we were in Ireland and we go to a local, I, I mean, it was a dive bar, it was a local pub, right? And in Ireland, it's different. Like the pubs are like their restaurants. So they serve food and drink, but this was just a bar. We go in there, and it's like five guys who probably have been there every day of their life after work for 25, 30 years, <laughs> right? And we walk in, and Mitch orders a black and tan, and the bartender's like, I can't make that. <laughs> and we're like, really? And he's like, dude, I'll get freaking shot if I make that. <laughs> and Mitch is like, oh, okay. And then the guy's like, just make him a drink. You know, like, he's like, just make him the drink. Like, yeah. you know, if he wants them, who cares? You know? And the other guy's like, yeah, we don't care. And the bartender's like, I don't know. You know, he like had anxiety. So he went in the back and made it and he brought it up to Mitch. He's like, just drink it really fast, please. That's hilarious. Oh, it was so funny. And the guys at the bar are like, yeah, it's not typically something we'd pour. It's just... He's like, it's kind of like a racist thing out here. And uh, I'm like, oh, okay. Because oh, the black and tan apparently was like the, you know, the former England, you know, when they were like being ruled or whatever, policed by the police state of the UK or yeah. England or whoever it was. Like the soldiers wore a black uniform with tan high boots. Mm, and so uh, that's where like a black and tan came from. And so they're like, we hate those people. So we just... We don't even we don't, support we the just drink. refuse to. Yeah. So that's what y'all ordered. Mitch. <laughs> Mitch ordered it. I was like, I'll just take a Guinness, please. Yeah. You know. Mitch is like, Stick I'm going to stir this pot. Yeah, but I mean, look at Mitch. You're going to mess with Mitch? I mean, Some like Irish this. would. Yeah, probably. They don't, they don't square yeah. up. They're yeah. like, I'll hit you no matter what pie. Yeah, yeah that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, we we used to Europe. go to this. Uh, we used to go to this dive bar in San Marcos called the Restless Wind. The Restless Wind, and it was the darkest, smelliest little bar you'd ever been in. I mean, the carpet just—you scream, "Please change me, please!" Yeah, if you take stick your out. tongue out in that room, you can taste the oh, smell. Absolutely, and <laughs> we would just. Oh man! Speaking we, of nicknames, that used to be my grandpa's nickname, Restless Wind. Really? You'd fart a lot. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Fart like jokes. That. I love Good. it. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about uh, tooting? <laughs> so I have uh, I have a colostomy bag, <laughs> and I'm I, I'm I tell you what. So 
for those that, that don't know, I, I had a rectal t- tumor in my, uh, my rectum that caused blockage to the point where I couldn't go to the bathroom. Yeah. So uh, we had um, gotten to the point in the journey where we had to have emergency surgery to have this colostomy bag for you people that don't know what a colostomy is. They Google it. Yeah. They literally cut your in lower intestine uh, and, and put it through your stomach. And uh, so you can go number two. Well, after that happens, you have no control over your bowels. Right. right? So, and that includes toots too. So, <laughs> I mean, I will just, you know, I'll give you a great example. My mother-in-law came over the other night for Heather's birthday and cooked an amazing meal. And she made uh, roast beef and green beans and potatoes, stuff that I have not eaten in a long time. I had seconds. Well, the next day, I'm going to the dentist, right? I'm over at Nunley's. And uh, Cabri's cleaning my teeth. And I'm like, you know, I, I've gotten to the point where I am I have to tell people. I'm like, listen, I have an ostomy. It's barking a little bit. I, you know, I just don't want you to have a drill in my mouth and rip a fat toot or anything. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Uh, so uh, it's it's been an interesting deal. I was a little nervous about telling Carter when I had it done, how do you explain to I think she was four at the time, um, a four-year-old, you know, why this bag is hanging off daddy all the time, right? And so we decided to name it, and I love music. So uh, I was like, I'm going to call it Miles Davis because he likes to toot his horn. <laughs> oh, that's great. And so we, <laughs> we introduced Carter to Miles Davis, so we're out in public all the time, and Carter's like, Miles Davis this, Miles Davis that. And I don't know if people think like this four or five-year-old knows her music, but, uh, you know, it's real cute. But um, that's, that's one, of the, one of the things that during this journey that we've had to just kind of, you, you got to laugh at yourself t- sometimes, you oh, know. Yeah. If you don't, you're just going to lose your mind. Right, right. So do you want to talk a little bit about your journey, you know, kind of for I'd folks be, that are listening? I'd be happy to. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of start from the beginning. We got, you got diagnosed. Went to, uh, MD Anderson, uh, four and a half years ago. Yeah. And, uh, I got misdiagnosed at first and, um, we're having some bathroom issues, put it off. Um, one thing that I tell people, uh, do not ignore your body. Yep. Do not you help me with that. Do not do it. Yeah. You just, you can't afford it. I mean, you, you can make excuses all day and I was making excuses. Well, my business is more important. Yada, yada, yada. You know, this is no, I'm, I'm a healthy guy. I've been healthy for the last, you know, 30 years. You know, what's changing now? It'll go away on its own. Well, you know, you just got to listen to your body. Go get it checked out. Get multiple opinions if you need to, but um, we went, got Mitch diagnosed, went back about a year later, got a colonoscopy done, and they were like, yeah, we see something, you need to go see somebody pretty soon, it's, this could be pretty pretty severe. We drove to Houston thinking it would be like stage one or maybe even like, you know, precancerous. Yeah. Guy comes in after doing all these tests, um, he's like... So you got stage four rectal cancer. 
And uh, this is going to, you know, we're going to give you five years to live and this is how we're going to do it, you know. And uh, um, another big thing that I, I tell people is is if you're going into a meeting with either an oncologist or a surgeon, be prepared to ask questions because the, the shock value can, can almost <clears throat> upset your, your thought process to the point where, you're just so stunned. You're not. You're not able to ask those really important questions. If you Google twenty questions to ask an oncologist, it's very important. I, I think for anybody, you you can Google it. Chris Wark wrote these questions. Very intelligent, purposeful questions that you can ask right off the bat, and and really get some direction where you're just not blindsided. And I think another thing that helped us that I would recommend is ask if you can record your, your session with your doctor. That's a great um, idea. You know, so you can go back and listen to the conversation and they can't say no. Um, but you know, just put your phone down and record it so you can go back and listen. And you know, they gave us their spiel and I started asking these questions, and he, it started making this guy very uncomfortable. And it got to the point where he said, listen, if you don't want to do it my way, you need to find another doctor. And we were like, okay. So, you know, we left. And, I mean, there's so many things that are going on through this whole process, and I could talk for days about it. And if anybody has any questions about my journey, you can contact me. You can get with these guys, and and I'd love to visit with you. but. Um, we left Houston in a totally different way than we were driving there. And one thing that we were, we were really blessed to do is I called a team meeting, family meeting, and we all sat down and listened to the doctor talk to us. And, um, it was horrific to hear that a second time, to be honest with you. But what, what was great was, I think it was either my, I think I believe it was my dad. Shout out to Slick Rick. He looked at me and he said, he said, listen, if you were in a state of emergency, they would have not let you left. You would have been on the surgeon's table right away. And this leads me to believe that you have time to search options. And that right there gave me the ease of saying, oh, you're right. Yeah. You know, uh, we got this crazy prognosis, diagnosis, and, um, but let me just say that there are people that are in that position where they have to act fast. Sure. But m- more times than not, you have time to think about it. You have time to talk about it. You have time to research and you definitely have time to get opinions and the more opinions you have, I think the better because at the end of the day, you're talking to a human being, you know, I mean, their doctors are great. And especially in a emergency setting, um, saving lives, but, uh, they're just as human as you and I are. They may have a crappy golf game. They have kids that scream and yell and shout. Uh, they have bad days. And um, they don't know it all, but they do. 
you have to take it for uh, for what it is. I had built a team, what we felt was pretty pretty special was we grabbed about four or five different doctors and built a team that we would ask a doctor about a question and they would give us their opinion. And then I would turn around and ask the other four doctors without that one doctor knowing what he said, just to get their opinion on it and see if it all jived. One thing I learned real quick is you ask 20 different people the same question. You're going to get 20 different answers usually. Mm. But um, I think it was really important to kind of piece out the information between the doctors and get different perspectives um, when it comes to a plan. And we obviously decided to go the alternative route, um, which I think there's a lot to say in an alternative medicine. Um, I think looking back on it still in this journey, um, it takes everything in the kitchen sink. I think there's some, there's a list of a lot of very important things that you need to do. If you, if you get, if you're in a position like I was in and I can talk about a few of those if you like, but, um, I think that, you know, a mixture of conventional and, and non-traditional medicine, um, and just doing everything you can and, I know I'm kind of scatterbrained when I'm talking about this because it's just so much. Oh, it's it's a, so much. Yeah. But um, a few things that I would say right off the bat is um, we know science and diet is very important when it comes to feeding cancer. Sugar feeds cancer. Carbs turn into sugar. So you, you really have to watch what you're eating that I'm not saying don't eat red meat or only eat vegetables or juice this much that that is there's information out there that you need to have um, and make decisions as, as a family or as a team. But like there's you just got to cut sugar out and that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, you, your mental game has to be on key. You got to make sure that you're able to communicate your thoughts and feelings with somebody. Um, and that, that plays in with your spiritual feelings. You know, where are you um, spiritually? You know, um, I'm a Christ follower. So um, I have, I have that. I, I, I know that I'm a winner no matter what. You know, uh, even though you want to live for as long as you can, especially for the the loved ones in your life, Amen. but there are there's so many so many key things when it comes to that. Like, okay, prayer time and being out in nature and eating the right things and having your mind right um, is is very important. Um, the mental game is just so brutal. Mm -hmm. It's so brutal and, uh, you can't do it alone. Yeah. And I think that, and I can't imagine not being a believer and going through this and just thinking, well, you know, it is what it is because it isn't, you know, um, there's been a lot of wonderful things that have come out of this, this, um, crazy, crazy journey. And, uh, I remember asking God to use me 
any way he see fit. And, um, he has, and I'm thankful for that. Um, and I'm thankful for a lot of things and I'm, am I the best at, at having a great attitude all the time? No. Um, do I, um, question why this is happening? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's human nature to do so, but, um, at the end of the day, um, perspective is key. Uh, I've been around a lot of sick people. God has put me in a position to make a lot of friends that I have lost along the years. I think that's one of the hardest things that has been for me in this journey is you build these relationships and you you see people leave this world and, and, uh, everybody that I've met is, is they were believers as well. Thank God, because, um, you know, there is true suffering, right? I have issues. I've, I've been down in the dirt. I've, I've called you and I've called Corey in, in some very sticky situations where I'm, you know, I can't bathe myself, you know, that, that kind of, those kind of situations where I've, you know, been so sick that I can't keep food down or, or, or whatever it may be, you know, the pain is so such on a high level that you can't even think, you know, but there is always somebody else out there that has it worse than you have it. And I see it on a daily basis And every time I catch myself kind of whining about some of my issues that I still have, I have to think about these people that are in such worse position than I'm in. And, um, and you just got to say, man, just be grateful for absolutely everything Mm -hmm. because unfortunately it took something like cancer to open up your eyes to say you took everything everything for granted for granted yeah everything um which is a slippery slope because it's very easy to do this the simplest things i mean i mean the ability to sit down and not have pain or to use the beth the bathroom i mean come on i mean you go and ask 20 year old clay right you know you will not have the ability to pee. Now, what are you talking about? Come on, what do you mean? I can pee like a racehorse. I mean, you take that away, you start thinking about life a little bit different. Was this a, so when you got your diagnosis and everything, like, and you start going down this, going down this journey, like I remember like being a, obviously the three of us are super close friends and, yeah. Um, super thankful for that. It's been like, as, <clears throat> as someone that's walked alongside you through this, you know, it's, it's been amazing to see the wake that, that, that your healing journey has made in just the lives of your close friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, when all this started, like we all, we all question it, right. We're like, sure. well, what are you up to? What, it, why is this, why is this happening? Right. And, um, but then again, it's like, as we, as we watch you, and see the way that you responded to this diagnosis and how you've really like leaned into your relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. and like trying to go deeper there. Cause it's like, it's clear that that's, you know, that, that he's what's given you the strength to, to keep going. Yes. Um, but also to see like how you've 
just done such a great job of like, Hey, I am all in on, on battling this and just seeing your strength and all that sends like so much to us on the outside that, that don't have that suffering journey at the moment. It'll be our turn one day, right? Sure. In some capacity. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's like, those are the sorts of things I think we have to, as your friends have to remind you of too, is like, Hey, I know you're going through this, that it's like, for us, it's like the strength that you're showing through it helps us get through. And, you know, like for me, you know, in my personal journey of, uh, of like my health in the last few years, it's like, whenever this diagnosis hit you, it helped me to start paying attention to, yeah, what, what the junk am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know? And I was, I was overweight, you know, I did, wasn't exercising at all and was just putting in my body, whatever I felt like. And I was not making great choices. And so, you know, through your journey and everything, it's like, we've, Skinny Kurt looks great, by the way. I'm very skinny now. It's very strange. You look beautiful. Yeah, but that wouldn't happen. I don't know that I've <laughs> that would have happened had I not had mm-hmm. a close friend that had a you know a terrible circumstance happen in your life. Sure, but somehow like you know seeing how you've responded of like it's like I could have either learned from it and made some changes or I could kept being kept making the choices I was making and and seeing like what you've gone through. I was like, okay, let's not be silly. Let's try to get better. I'm super thankful for that. I mean, like, listen, I mean, if, if I, if, if there can be blessings in other people's life through this tragedy, yeah. Amen for that. Sure. Because I mean, it, that gives it purpose. Yeah. It really truly does. I yeah. mean, it, it gives the suffering some clarity of, well, yes, you are helping other people out in some way, shape or form. And, um, you know, other people, I've always been a big friend guy. I mean, friendship means more to me than anything. And, um, we're the same in that dude. I just, I could, I, I never in, in my wildest dreams thought I'd be going through something like this and to have to lean on people the way that I've leaned on people is just, it, it's so, uh, humbling to, to have this support group, um, it's, it's beyond a blessing. And I, I just, I can't, I can't think, I can't thank my community enough, my friends enough, my family, um, because, um, uh, no, that's just, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would definitely have, I would have my, my faith, but God has put people in my life for a reason. And, uh, and, and if, if this, uh, if this journey has any kind of effect on somebody else in a positive way, then more power for that, because that's what it's all about. I mean, geez, Louise. Oh gosh. I, 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 I had a few people reach out to me after I started doing my first post on, uh, whatever that platform is. Caring Bridge. Caring Bridge. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and uh, they were like, yeah, having issues. Yeah, put them off. Read your story. Went and got checked out. And sure enough, you know, we're, we're one in the same. And uh, I caught it early. Thank goodness. Thank you for being so open about it. So, yeah, there's there's been a lot of positives that have come out of it. And I hope there still will be, you know. Absolutely. Use me any way you see. And when you ask God to do that, you better be prepared. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's it's not always the funnest 
thing to do. But, um, and we still got a long ways to go. I mean, one thing that I want to say is like, we had somebody that uh, found out they had cancer, one of Heather's friends, and she was like, I don't understand why they don't reach out to us. We have so much information. I'm like, well, sweetie, I've been been battling for five years, you know, and, and a lot of it's, you know, it's been ups and downs and maybe they don't see that as a win. We do. Yeah. We see that as a win. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't. Maybe, maybe they feel like, you know, um, the route that we took is, is the hard one, but we feel like it's the right one. Um, and the one that God led us down and, opened up doors and closed doors and the ones that he opened, we went and the ones he closed, we didn't. And it's led us to a point where we feel like we have a great opportunity to beat this cancer, um, completely. And we won't, we don't know yet. We still, you know, I got a, I got an MRI at the end of the year that I think is going to really tell us where we're at big time from the Arizona treatment that I did. And then this, uh, last European treatment that I did, both of those treatments were, I can talk about those if you'd like, but both of those treatments were very key points in this journey that I think are turning points that, um, that could get us across the finish line. And a lot of people are like, well, why didn't, why didn't you just get it cut out? You know, a lot of people ask me that it wasn't an option. Uh, my tumor was in a place that the doctor said the most, if you were to have colorectal cancer is the worst spot it could be in. And, um, the only way that this is going to happen is you're going to need to remove four or five body parts to get rid of this cancer. And then, and then that will give you five years. And I said, okay, so we're just talking about numbers here. Statistically, we're talking about five years and he said, yeah, just, uh, and I said, well, you know, that just doesn't sound like, like the game I'm going to play. Thank you. Um, you know, don't let these people tell you how much time you have on your hands because only the, the dude upstairs knows that for sure. Um, has that, has that, uh, you know, like, has that happened a lot? Like in this journey, had people come to you and say, why are you doing it this way? Why are you not doing it? You know, the, I don't know, the traditional U S medicine way. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think people that aren't uh, afraid to ask those hard questions do. Sure. Um, sure. Um, and you know, the, another thing that I would really highly recommend if you can this is very important is to find an advocate that will do the research for you because having the cancer and going through the treatments alone is so overwhelming. Yeah. You need somebody in your corner that can study up for you. So like we have a team of people. My dad is a huge part of that. My mom's a huge part of that. We bounce ideas off of these doctors and we do a lot of research. So, um, you know, somebody comes to me and say, hey, why didn't you just start off the bat and cut it out and do chemo and radiation? And I straight up tell them, I say, I can research and know what my life will be like if that happens. 
and the quality of life is not, if I have options and time to try to do this a different way, I'm going to give those the best chance until I absolutely can't. And when I get to the point where I can't, then I will do what I have to do for my family. And um, we have been fortunate enough to not be in that situation yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the first thing I did when I got home from MD Anderson is I YouTubed removing rectum. And I watched lecture after lecture after lecture of these doctors talk about removing rectums from their patients and how it should be absolutely the last case scenario. <laughs> if if you if you just absolutely have to do it, but if you don't, don't don't touch it. And um, that kind of was like, oh no, okay, where are we going with this? So. Yeah, we were blessed to have options and have time, and uh, we have been doing amazing things. And uh, I'm just what's the one thing that you're like in the now time? You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. What's the one thing you're like, man? We did this, and I really wish either we would have known about it or we would have done it sooner. Uh, I would say the, uh, immobilization in Arizona, if I would have known about that sooner, I don't know why that, uh, timeline was what it was. Mm -hmm. And I can think, I believe is a total God thing on how that happened. I was in Santa Monica, California for a different kind of treatment, met this girl who was same age, same cancer, same location, eerie similarities. And we had dinner and we just talked about life, and she mentioned this doctor, Dr. Stryker, who uh, lives in California, works out of Arizona, and was doing this immobilization. And um, and I didn't think anything of it. Fast forward to me having getting septic and going into the hospital for like 26 days and almost dying. The first thing I did when I got uh, woke up from whatever haze I was in uh, as I called her and I said, did you end up going to this doctor? And she said, yes. And I, I got results. I got really good results. So, uh, it led me to call this doctor up and see if I was a candidate. And I sent in my info and my scans and my blood work. And I was a candidate. And what, what the process is of what she does is she cuts off the blood supply to the tumor which is genius, right? Like if you think about if you're in war, if you want to to uh, kill your enemy, cut off the lifeline of... of yeah, food and ammunition f- and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're done, right? Yep. So she goes into an artery, finds the arteries. She's got this... She, you do an MRA so you can have all these arteries and you can on the big screen she can see all your arteries in your body. And she goes into an artery and she finds the arteries that are feeding the tumor or tumors. And um, she cuts them off by adding these little pellets into the um, artery. And then she cauterizes them and, and, and burns them off. And then she shoots immunotherapy directly into the tumor, which a lot of, if anybody knows about immunotherapy, um, 
99.9 of it's being done, um, IV. So, uh, to have it localized is kind of off script, but very, very, in my opinion, helpful, uh, um, cutting edge. If you ask me, uh, I don't know why they're not shooting tumors directly with immunotherapy. Um, but, uh, she is, and, uh, she's getting a very good high success rate for tumor die off. Um, uh, she does also cryoblation and she does everything underneath the neck. So, uh, anything underneath the collarbone she can deal with. Is this new? No, but, uh, regular oncologists aren't really talking about it. Um, immobilization has been around for like 25 years. They've been doing it just for liver cancer. And she was kind of like the, um, she paved the way for going to other places. She went to the breast and then she went to the ovaries and then she went to, uh, the bladder and the prostate and then colon. And she now does everything underneath the, the collarbone. So, um, we don't have, uh, we have an idea of what that did for me right now. Um, we feel like we got really good results. We're not really wanting to go to the top of the mountain and shout yeah. out that we got those great yeah. results yet, but, um, time will tell. And it, when do you go back for the follow up on that? For the MRI, they wanted me to, wait until after I went to Europe and they said three to five months, which would be December. So we should be getting an MRI cool. in December. Great. Um, and so, you know, uh, I personally don't feel like I'm fighting cancer right now. Like I did. I have issues from the cancer that I'm dealing with. And those are things that I'm, you know, that are issues that have come because of the cancer and that I'm dealing with that I, you know, I hope one day I've had the opportunity that things like the ostomy bag will be reversed. Yeah. You know, um, one thing that I'm dealing with right now is I have lines that go into my body that go directly into my, um, my kidneys and, um, so I can allow urine to come out of my body safely and we're hoping to get those lines removed. And the only way that they can be removed is, is that the, the tumor needs to leave the bladder and the prostate area, um, uh, and inflammation needs to go down. So we're all praying over that, but I do catch myself lately, uh, saying if I just had this, you know, and that's not a very healthy way to, to approach life. If I just had this, I'd be okay. So I keep saying, well, if I just had these lines out of my body and these bags off of me, I'd be a hundred times better. Well, bro, I'm sitting here with two of my best buds on a podcast. I'm going to be able to pick up my daughter from school. Um, you know, I'm able to, watch football with friends and talk to my family and give them hugs. And there's, it's just people out there that don't have that. Yeah. And and it's very, very eye opening to me to just say, Mm -hmm. come on, 
just be thankful. It's, it's so hard to be thankful for what you have, um, at this moment. It just is. I don't know what makes it so hard, but Instagram makes it hard. (laughs) Yeah. All those pictures. I just need to remove every other account I follow and just do barbecue with Jake and I'll be happy. I'll be good. Except that's all the stuff Clay said you can't eat. <laughs> no, I just do it for the content. I don't eat the same way he does. You know, I took a, I took a test. Uh, oh, let's see here. It was a nutrition genome test. I believe it. That's what it was called. Nutrition genome.com maybe. But, um, it's like a 25 page report on your genes and what affects food wise. Mm. And it, you know, it told me, it said red meat, your body does not, the protein in red meat, your body does not process. And it turns into a carcinogen, which can lead to cancer. Mm. That's not the, that's not the case for everybody. So I have more of a Mediterranean diet, chicken, pork. There was a time when I wasn't eating any meat, Fish, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, because that's what we, you know, that's, that's what we were studying at that time. Yeah. And I got something out of that. I've gotten something out of everything that I've done. I think that is something that has been really helpful for us um, is, is to know that it wasn't for anything. There was one st- there was one thing, there was one um, program that I did uh, that I didn't get anything out of, and I think it actually, I went downhill, and uh, I kind of wish that I wouldn't have done it. But I've heard of success stories of people that have done it. Sure. So who can say that, you know, it works for me and it won't work for you? You know, so I can't knock it. I can't get get on a platform or or my high horse and say, "Do not do this." You know, because you know we're all made up different. So yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you probably got to pick up Carter, don't you? Yeah, uh, she didn't go to school today. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, nice. Uh, Let's talk yeah. for another hour now. Yeah, I'm kidding. Corey's got some nice stuff. But uh, but you know I. I know that I just threw up verbally on you guys. Yeah, no, uh, that's exactly bit. what people needed to yeah. hear. But uh, it is, um, you know, I'm here to talk to anybody that, that would like to visit. Um, there are so many avenues out there, so many things that you can do. You just can't be a limbing. You yeah. can't, you can't, yeah. you got to be an advocate for yourself. Yeah. You got to, you got to be an advocate for your health. And you got to understand that it's more than you, your, you know, your loved ones and the people that are around you. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, God's got your back. You know, one thing that, that, that I've been holding on to that that I really like, uh, my, one of my verses that uh, my go-to verses is, um, the, the power, the the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same spirit that dwells in me and gives me life. And that is just like overwhelmingly cool to me. I mean, that I know I have that spirit in me, Amen. that same spirit. And it just like, I mean, 
I don't know how you can't get fired up after hearing that, you know, that, that was spoken, that, that is gospel. And, um, and it's something that I hold on to and it gives me a lot of, uh, of hope and it gives me a lot of, um, energy and I, I do fake it till I make it a lot of days, but, um, I'm living, man, I'm living and, uh, you got to, you got to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Clay, we're, uh, we're pumped for you, man. And it's, uh, your strength and everything as you've been going through all this is doing, like I'm saying, it's sending wakes to everybody that uh, knows you in a positive way. Good. And, uh, we're praying we're here, you know, if you need anything, I think, you know, you can call, um, yeah. I would. I want to plug somebody real quick. Let's do it. Uh, there's so many people I want to thank, but one one person I want to plug is uh, I met this family uh, through uh, uh, my local clinic, and they live out in Spicewood. This family is from Australia. They have a ten year old boy just turned ten in September, who's battling a rare uh, brain cancer, and his name is Mana M A N A. And if I just want to shout out to all my prayer warriors out there, add manna Manna. to your prayers. Um, They're going through some heavy stuff. Mm. Um, Last time I checked in, I hope they don't mind me sharing, but he was having a hard time holding down food and losing weight. And my prayer is that we can um, get some healthy food into him. Um, But um, my heart has been tugging for this family. And, uh, so all my prayer warriors out there pray for Mana. He's such a beautiful little boy. And, yeah. uh, so, uh, go out there and be blessed by bless some blessing somebody else. Yeah. You so know, it's, it's you know, if, you know, it feels appropriate right now. Well, let's pray for Mana and pray for you. And yeah. then we'll call, we'll call that the end of the end of the podcast. Boom. So let's pray. Love it. Dear Lord, we, uh, uh, we thank you for Clay and the the journey that you've had him on, um, Lord, and just for the wake that that's sending to all kinds of people in the community um, and people that are close to him. Lord, I thank you for his family um, and just the strength that they are for him. Uh, Lord, we pray for uh, Manna, Lord, that you would um, just put your healing hand on them, Father, that you would surround them uh, just like you've surrounded Clay with people with your spirit, with your love, um, and with your healing. And so, Lord, we, we give him over to you, give them over to you, Father. And uh, we do the same for Clay, Father. We thank you for, we thank you for him. Um, we thank you for just the joy that he is to be around, um, for all the good things that he embodies, Lord, his posture of gratitude uh, towards you and towards everything is, is electric and contagious. And so, Father, we pray that... Uh, um, that you would continue to use clay in this journey. And we, uh, just rejoice in the uh, battle that he is going through as we know he's going to come out victorious. And so Lord, we thank you for, uh, we thank you for clay and we thank you for, uh, just how much you love all of us. And, uh, father, we pray for anyone that's listening, um, that does need help in this, uh, to let them know that it's okay to reach out uh, and we would love to help. And so Lord, we give this all over to you. It's your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, Marvelous brother. Falls podcast. Coming back. All day. All Beautiful. Night. All right. Love you, Clay. Later, Later guys. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for being here. Bye, Internet. Bye. All right. Cheers.